I'm Jim Cameron, and this is a special edition of Volusia Matters. Now, let's jump into the news, and that is the debt ceiling. Now, President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy met yesterday and appeared to be nearing a deal to cut spending and raise the government's $31.7 trillion debt ceiling. Now, this deal would specify the total amount the government could spend on discretionary programs like housing, education, and other budget silos. Now, the talks involve where Democrats want to lift the ceiling through fiscal year 2024, while Republicans want more spending concessions and cap 12 annual spending bills that Congress must pass by the end of a fiscal year. However, they're still tangled over work requirements for food stamps and other type benefits. That's one of the dividing lines. But basically, it comes down to $1.6 trillion in discretionary funds that Congress controls. Republicans want to cut that amount back to fiscal year 2021-22 levels, and that's basically $130 billion in non-defense and veterans cuts. Now, however, to maintain that, other budget silos must be cut around 30%. But with no bill to vote on, House members left for the holiday weekend and will be given 24 hours notice to return if a deal is reached. Now, as the Treasury Department's June 1st estimated default date nears, warning signs are beginning to appear. A top credit rating agency could downgrade the U.S. debt rating and top treasury officials are monitoring for signs of disruption in the financial markets. Now, President Biden and House Speaker McCarthy said debt ceiling negotiators had productive discussions yesterday, and although an agreement was not yet reached. Now, while both sides are trying to reach a deal, Democrats and Republicans must garner enough votes in the House and Senate by next Wednesday. I'd like to jump into our interview with County Council Member Jake Johansson. Now, Jake is the at-large member on Volusia County Council, serving the entire county, and he is former city manager for Port Orange, and he was there 2015 to 2020. He earned a bachelor's degree in business leadership from Troy University 
and a master's in public administration from Old Dominion University. He served in the U.S. Navy from 1980 to 2015, where he was also naval aide to Vice President Dick Cheney. Now, locally, he served on Florida Metropolitan Planning Organization Advisory Council. He's also was part of Port Orange South Daytona Chamber, and he and his wife, Kristen, have three sons, and they live in Port Orange. We're glad to have with us today as our guest, Jake Johansson, and he is at-large member of Volusia County Council. Glad to have you with us, Jake. Jim, it's uh, great to be here. I'm, I'm excited about being here. I'm excited about everything that's going on in Volusia County and spend a few minutes with you to chat about some of the issues that uh, are confronting us on council and on the county staff. You got her. So uh, let's get started. Yesterday, saw you at the uh, groundbreaking of the, Duluth, the move to land stop for Sunrail. And uh, during that groundbreaking, I called George Rechtenwald, county manager, and he told me that the county's going to be, uh, they're going to be paying next year, 2024, June 2024, $2 million, two, maybe $3 million, $8 million annually thereafter. We got it in the budget. Doesn't matter whether it's in the budget. Doesn't matter whether it's in the budget or not. It will. It will be in a year, and it will be in two. You know, we we took on Sunrail a few years ago, and uh, I don't want to say we're saddled with it, but it, it's coming. Uh, obviously, we just went to the groundbreaking uh, with the promise of a ribbon cutting in one year. So uh, we have to embrace it. We have to make the best of what's coming. I think some of the comments that were made last night were, or yesterday were, were encouraging. Uh, increased revenue, you can see the Barry capitalizing on their station. Uh, the land is going to be a great place for people to get off the train and, and check out ecotourism, check out Volusia County. And, uh, you know, let's not kid ourselves. The land's a great place to hang out as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Is it, is it going to cover all $8 million a year? I don't know. But, but was Sunrail for Volusia County ever intended to be? Uh, an enterprise fund that, that covered itself? No, I think we always thought that we'd have to subsidize a little bit of it, some of it, most of it, we'll see. Um, I encourage everybody to use uh, public transportation to the, to the best of their, their uh, ability. It's sometimes inconvenient, um, but give it a shot. As time goes on, I think in Volusia County and Seminole County, Orange County, It'll get more convenient to use public transportation because it's going to be a pain in the neck to get to Orlando. Exactly, exactly. And nothing, I was glad to hear that uh, someone had mentioned that DeBerry, they're already looking at a great deal more development over there around their station. Uh, I think some, you know, apartments or something. Or Well, they so. have, so I think, I think Main Street, right? They're building Main Street there. Yeah. That's, I was talking to Carmen, uh, the city manager, yesterday. I think they're like less than 500 yards from Main Street, 200 yards from uh, some mixed use that's being developed right around their uh, station. And 
and I think they're within a tenth of a mile of the two crossing paths, uh, the the walking hiking paths for uh, for the for the county and the state. So uh, they're poised, and and they've kind of embraced that station, and and they they stand to. It's going to be busy, but it's going to be walkable. It seems to be what the new generation wants, right? Less uh, less driving, more walking, more biking, more multimodal, not more green options. I'll tell you, is yeah. what it is. No, so I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, so we talked about this earlier though jake but last year if you remember the uh, the county staff but they prepared an affordable housing report a blueprint so to speak and include recommendations that were adopted by county council and uh you're involved i know with the uh, the housing committee and such i am how do you see the status of where we are right now as it relates to affordable housing well you know I- I don't want to just pay lip service to affordable housing, but I also understand that that there are concerns. You know, there's there's different forms of affordable housing. When when people talk about affordable housing, I think their mind stereotypically goes to Section Eight. Uh, uh, you know, trying to and and it, it's not necessarily that. I have. Uh, I have a plethora of friends who are uh, budding new teachers, they're, they're uh, radiological assistants, they're beginning nurses assistants, they're, uh, well, heck, one of my kids just graduated, he's not looking for a house yet, but, but kids just, youth just starting out out of college, out of a master's degree, they can't afford the houses that you and I are living in for sure. So, so affordable housing, um, at at eighty percent AMI, one twenty percent AMI is is what we're looking at here. Uh, at the top end and at the bottom end, there's going to be a smattering of others in there. But but I think it's important that that we're not bringing riffraff into the homes here. We're trying to give honest people uh, just decent places to live. Now, having said that, you know the the Live Local Act that the uh, that the uh, state the legislature just uh, took care of and and that brings a a couple little caveats to this that we have to deal with I think it's very important but it uh, it basically takes away a little of the nimbyism uh, out of out of affordable housing uh, because because developers will in some respects be able to develop affordable housing without coming to council and and hearing from the public because it's it's already been preempted. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of preemption by any means. I'm a a, a home rule kind of guy, but I, I think we could have got there without the Live Local Act. But but now that we have it, we'll deal with it accordingly. Good point. Uh, something I know that you've dealt with uh, not only county council now, but also back in your days as a Port Orange city manager. That being infrastructure. But, uh, but going back now, county roads in particular. Right. Uh, and there's always the need out there. I mean, are we catching up uh, between what we have you know, now and the need, what we're going to have need in the future? Uh, I mean, can we impact our fee, our impact fee, our way out of this? Or 
how's the how are we going no to I, I don't i don't think we can impact fee our way out of it you know i'm i'm there's there's a few folks probably listening that know i'm a big fan of opm uh other people's money uh bottom line it's all our money but yeah. but there's there's state money out there there's federal money out there um there's there's tourism money out there and and no bob davis i'm not trying to steal your bed tax but but there's there's money out there that we can leverage to uh bolster our infrastructure give us the level of service we want uh you can't impact fee your way out of the lpga bridge for instance uh, yeah. that's going to cost an arm and a leg you're not going to be able to impact fee your way out of the williamson bridge that goes across uh, 95 on williamson between uh daytona and, and port orange you can't uh impact fee your way out of timber creek where all those homes are right up next to the the um, street and we can't four lane it without buying a bunch of homes so how do we do that uh, there's there's a lot of ways to do it i'm not saying i am for any of these but a sales tax increase where where our tourists pay for as much as 40 or 50 percent of of the sales tax in the county in any one time let them absorb some of the cost. They're using a lot of our roads. Um, uh, you know, there's there's bonds, there's things of that nature. But as long as we're relying on a gas tax and we're not buying gas because we're going to electric cars or, or as we spoke about being more walkable in our communities yep. or using public transportation, then that's not going to, those are not going to fix our roads. That's not going to be enough money, uh, especially with the rising cost of roads and bridges. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, something we'd also talked about before, uh, after last year's hurricanes and stuff, many of our oceanfront buildings, they're still having to deal with, uh, like say, getting their beach back and all. I mean, just in that, I know y'all have had those, uh, what is it, snap bags or, or whatever they're called, I mean, to, right. you know, to protect yep. the beach and stuff. Yep. And uh, uh, Jessica Fentress, I know she's done a fantastic job out there, as well as Ben Bartlett and your other crew members and such. Right. And uh, anything you can share with us as to the latest you've heard as it relates to getting our beach back? Up? So, so we were lucky, right, to get uh, uh, DEP, Army Corps, everybody on board with allowing us to do construction post May 1st. Uh, you know, the, the, the population of turtles are coming in, and, and we're very uh, sensitive to that at the uh, state and federal level and, and the county level. Uh, uh, but we also have a responsibility to our citizens. So uh, we're doing a good job of, of keeping those folks informed, doing the right thing, being safe. But, Jim, you, you know how frustrating it is when you have four different governmental entities that a citizen has to go through, sometimes five if you're talking county, city, DEP, Army Corps, and, and I'm sure there's one other. Uh, and and it's frustrating. I think we need to figure out a way, I, I call it post-flight analysis, post-mission analysis. We gotta figure out a way to streamline a process that, that the Fed, the state, the local, and the county governments all agree that if this happens, this is, what we're, this is how we're gonna do it. So 
our citizens aren't worried about, well, you told me to go here, you told me to go there, you told me to go here, you told me to go there. Um, but it seems like we're now ironing that out or have it ironed out, and Jessica may have had it ironed out nine months ago, but but just couldn't get the other entities to, to come forth. But it, it seems like we're making progress now. Uh, I'm concerned about the, the coast. Uh, I'm concerned about the people that live there. But, you know, at the end of the day, Jim, don't mess with Mother Nature. Oh, right? yeah. She has a mind of her own. So uh, you assume some risk by living on the coast. You assume some risk by living in Florida. You assume some risk driving on the roads every day, especially I-4. No matter what you do, you assume risk. It's how much you want to assume. Sure. Well, since we're at the beach, let's stay on the beach. And, uh, you know, as, as you were a Port Orange City manager, I know you dealt with police departments and all before, law enforcement. And the new legislation that came out of Tallahassee uh, just this past session uh, says that the sheriff's department now will be responsible for law enforcement on the beach. How's the county been working with the sheriff's department, though, in this transition? Well, I know that... that you know, after a little bit of posturing, um, uh, Sheriff Chipwood and his staff and, and George Rechtenwald and the county staff started working just like they did for Amendment 10. They started working yeah. right away on, on, look, we don't know if it's coming, but if it's coming, when's it going to get signed and how are we going to turn the light switch on? So they were prepared for that. Um, uh, and, and once it got approved by the legislature, you know, we, we started executing. <coughs> now, you know, I, I, I love our sheriff's department. I love the guys and gals that work for us, keeping us safe. I love the beach patrol. I love everything they're doing, keeping us safe. And I know that, that, that both people wanted one thing and another thing, right? But at the end of the day, it's about safety of our citizens and i i'm really at the end of the day not concerned about what color uniform what color atv and what color ball cap or hat the guy that that or gal that um that makes sure we're all within the law on the beach don't don't care i don't care i just want it done and I don't care what color uniform the people that are saving the folks from the riptide are wearing either, but I want them saved. That's it, plain and simple. Um, uh, so again, I'm a big home rule guy. I wish it would have stayed the way it was because everybody had their, had their, um, their rice bowl, if you will, or, the, or their job, their responsibility, and we kind of upset the apple cart with this thing. But, but it happened. We got preempted, so we can we can sit back and sulk, or we can execute. And I think George and the sheriff are doing a great job executing right now. You're so right. You're so right. Uh, county right now has a in the current fiscal year 376 million dollar general fund, and I think next month or so, or if you haven't already, you're going to be having to start the budgeting process next year. For next year, fiscal year, uh, and you'll be having budget workshops and stuff, anything like that. Any particular issues that you see in next year's budget? 
Uh, I'll tell you, based on the flavor I've seen, and we've gotten budget presentations with level of service, uh, based on what I've seen from our council, uh, everybody is pretty much for tightening our belt. And it, it's, it's been pretty, uh, for me, um, pretty, pretty amazing to see. Uh, there's two things I wanted to do uh, as a council member is get rid of government where government doesn't need to be and 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 be uh, a good steward of the taxpayers dollar so so what do I want to see funded I want to see funded our core responsibilities uh, infrastructure roads the safety of our people what I don't want to see and and I'm not saying the council before did it, but we have five new council members. So you can't expect to put something into the budget and and not be thorough on what it's for uh, when it comes to, I call them extracurriculars. Um, uh, the, the, um, the one that's, that's generating the most email lately is the cultural arts. I think there's, we got the level of service brief and there's $611,000 going out to nonprofits for cultural arts. I support cultural arts. There are, there are some beautiful museums out there. There are some great theaters. There are uh, some great opportunities to see music. Uh, um, uh, and, and there's some great opportunities to better understand other, other cultures. But, but don't, don't just expect that money to come. And, and you better have skin in the game too. Uh, if, if you're asking the county for, for 50 grand and you're doing a, a brownie fundraiser raising 10 for a total of 60, you're, you're probably barking up the wrong tree. Mm -hmm. so, so things of that nature, uh, uh, we... Uh, we did sponsorships last year. We cut that already this year. So expect those extracurriculars to get to get some some very thorough look by council this year. I think I think everybody's kind of looking at what our core is and focusing on that, and everything else is kind of on the table. Yeah. So like um, last year, last year we went to rollback, right? Yep. We had a lot of OPM, other people's money from uh, uh, from the um, ARPA. virus, yeah, the ARPA funds. So that money might not come. It probably isn't. It already isn't. So we can't rely on that to get us where we want to go, right? So I remember George Rectorwall said last year, Jim, do not expect this again. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, it's going to be tight. So, yeah. but. Uh, so, any closing comments you want to share with us? Yes, I, I do. I've, I've gotten a lot of email lately about things that people read or people heard second, third, fourth hand. I learned from my many years in the Navy that, that you you got to read uh, the, the base document or the base comment and watch the whole thing uh, but before you go blaming um, you can ask but 
but don't go blaming. And the reason I say that is people get these little sound bites here and there, and they assume that that so and so did something or so and so didn't do something. And uh, I, I just think it's important that our that our public clearly understand and know what's going on. All of our meetings are recorded. All of them are on YouTube. Um, some of them are either in, even indexed with a time of when something happened. Like and that. so you don't have to watch 12 hours. We're down to five hours. But yeah. go to 12 hours of council meeting just to figure out where things are. Um, so uh, it, it doesn't hurt to hear what the council member that you think said something said to get the gist of what they said. Um, uh you know, but before you go now, having said that, I got, I got thick skin. I call people all the time to go. Yeah, that's not exactly what was said, um, and and they're they're very thankful that I clarified. But um, you know, they're getting this second, third, fourth hand, and uh, sometimes it's best to get it straight from the horse's mouth. So um, my phone number is on the website. My uh, my email account is jjohansen at volusia.org. Drop me an email, and I'll gladly call you. Jake, we're sure glad to have you with us today. Thank you for coming, and look forward to having you back sometime. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Jim. And in closing, I'd like to thank our guest, Jake Johansson, for joining us today. And I'd like to recommend the upcoming Real Estate Values Forum taking place next Thursday, June 1st, 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. at Daytona International Airport. Registration is $40 per person. That includes breakfast. And speaker will be Volusia Property Appraiser Larry Bartlett, where he will share the January 2023 value, real estate values, both residential and commercial. Also, Luke Wickham, Senior Managing Director of Investments for Marcus and Millichap, he'll be speaking on local market conditions at a time of increasing economic uncertainty. Now this is being hosted by Daytona Beach Area Association of Realtors, Volusia County Association for Responsible Development, and Daytona Regional Chamber of Commerce. So contact one of those organizations to make your reservation. I highly recommend it, and I'm going. And in closing, I'd, Monday, May the 29th, will be Memorial Day, and I ask that you check the newspapers, Daytona Beach News Journal, Ormond Beach Observer, Hometown News, for any type of memorial uh, ceremony, Memorial Day ceremony coming up and because these veterans, these are the ones that gave their all to keep us safe and secure. This is Jim Cameron saying, peace, love, and roll tide. <laughs>